Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. This week we're telling the story of Kingdom Faith, how this community has grown into a church and where I think in the late 70s, early 80s, Colin, at the moment, you formed a community called The Hyde in Sussex and you were travelling a lot at the time. And you were just sharing on yesterday's programme some of the things that God was showing you during this time. And you were talking a lot about holiness. Well, I've been spoilt, you see, having experienced these three revivals. One where predominantly it was about love and then one of faith and then one of holiness. Um, When you've met with God in these ways, what goes for normal church life is never good enough. And more recently than that, we had a revival in worship. And you put those four things together, the love, faith, holiness, worship, and you've got something that is so, so rich. And uh, I'm still longing for more. It was during that time at the high that we adopted the name Kingdom Faith. And so that's been our name for 20, 25 years now. I don't know that people know the name Kingdom Faith very much. They know my ministry. Well, Kingdom Faith was originally the name of the community, has since become a Bible college and a church and a worldwide mission organization, really. So it's very much more extensive than it was in those early days. And in the coming days, we'll be able to talk about what Kingdom Faith is now. But following that revival of God's holiness, I mean, it was awesome. I I can't say that we never sinned, but it was extremely difficult to sin, and nobody wanted to sin. I didn't realize it was possible to live like that while we're here on earth. You know, if, if we came together to pray, and of course we did a lot of prayer, we couldn't pray if there was any unconfessed sin in the room. It was awesome. And it might only be a very little thing, but... You know, when you're living in that kind of intensity and in the reality of God's holiness, just a little thing seems like a big thing. Did you ever have people coming along who tried to disrupt it? No, never. Oh, no, 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 no. It's much too holy. I mean, people coming into the meeting would just be broken before God. I mean, you read of people coming in and just falling on their knees and meeting with God. Well, it was like that. Things like that were happening. And things like that were happening as a result of our meetings. As I explained yesterday, uh, you didn't need to minister to people. Our real job was prayer, was being in that place with God where the holiness of God was upon us. The holiness of God would fall upon the meeting that as people came together, God would do the work, not man do the work. It was God doing the work. As a community in those days, in those early days, Colin, did you really feel the burden for the nations? Well, I knew that our job was to see revival in the churches because God will reach the nation through his church, not through a renewal organization or revival organization such as we were. So the business had to be done in the church. Now, following that revival of holiness at the Hyde, for three years we had two leaders' conferences every month. And that's why that place was such a wonderful provision for us. Because it was big enough, the community grew to, first of all, 20, then 30, then 40, and then 50, 60. Uh, We never formed ourselves into a church at that time because our focus was to bring revival to other churches, not to be a church and therefore to have all the responsibilities of that. So we had two leaders' conferences every month for three years. Now, that will indicate 
the hunger that there was in the other pastors and leaders all over this country and overseas. Many came from overseas as well, uh, just to meet with God and and uh, to to encounter God in His holiness and to really, I mean, their lives and ministries were transformed in that time. Did you sense that this would only continue for a certain period of time? God told us right at the beginning that it would. Which was a, which was very good of him. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I think we would feel that we had lost it. But he told us that there would be a period of time of this great intensity, uh, when when he would use us in this particular way, and then we dispersed. Really, people going out all over the place. The focus. I mean, people were going out while all this was happening. I was still traveling all around the world. So these leaders' conferences, I wasn't at most of them, just the community, which was mainly young believers. They were mainly young believers. Um, but, of course, they were people that had met with God. They were on fire for God. They were all people of prayer. I mean, we, were, we would spend... People would spend anything from three, four, five, even six hours in prayer every day. But you just knew it was for a time. When did you know that time was coming to an end? Um, I, I don't think I don't think the time ever came to an end. Um, there's a sense in which I'm still living in the good of what God did in those times. Uh, but the 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 if you like the the intensity, I don't think one could have sustained the intensity indefinitely. And you moved out of the hide eventually. We moved out of the hide because really there was no room for us there we were go- we were having more and more and more visitors and we wanted to make more space for the visitors so we moved out so that we could have more coming to all these conferences more leaders we could accommodate so we we t- took a household of about 15 16 people to another large house uh, just a few miles away um, and then, of course, we realized, well, we need to go one step further than having leaders' conferences. We need to train leaders. And God, for some time, had um, been speaking to us about the need to have a training college. And so, um, in I think it was 1982, three, we, we um, bought Roffey Place, and that has been our revival training college uh, ever since. And it was wonderful. God miraculously provided for that. He gave me a promise that uh, he would give me a million dollars, which would enable us to pay for that by cash, which he did supply and which we paid by cash. And, um, and of course, that is still the training college today, and we'll be talking sometime about that more extensively. So interesting that Rofi College, the training college, occurred came out of the community and the church was to come later. The church came later, yes, because again, you see, our focus was on bringing revival to the whole church. It wasn't on creating a church ourselves. Um, so we, we were having all these leaders' conferences and then we were training leaders, training people to become leaders, training them with a, a, a dynamic of revival in their lives. And I can remember the the early the early um, days of the college really were experiencing, in that time the students were experiencing a wonderful, wonderful move of God. And it was common for two-thirds of the students to be in the worship hall five o'clock in the morning seeking God, meeting with God. Um, One of the students there, uh, the early students, went back to his nation in Africa and revival broke out and the whole of his nation and the nation 
uh, adjoining it, experienced a wonderful revival simply, now that was simply out of the way that he encountered God while he was at Rafi Place. The people coming to Rafi in those days, were they f- literally from the nations or were they mainly drawn from the UK? We've always had about two-thirds of people from the new UK and about a third from the from the nations. Because my ministry has been international and, of course, the people, remember, by, by the time we had the college, we had a whole team of people that were traveling. Many, many people were traveling out and we had some of the notable leaders that were with us for periods of time as part of the community and they too were traveling. So we were touching many nations and as well as having ministry extensively all over this nation. But our whole heart was to see the church of God come alive with the power of the Spirit. And those those four things that that we had particularly um, encountered God uh, with the, the love, the faith, the holiness and the worship those really were were keynotes of of what we stood for and what we still stand for as kingdom faith. Would it be fair to say that by the time you opened Rafi College, things were at their you know this was the biggest that it had ever got, the busiest, and 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 you sort of reached a peak there in your experience of what God was doing over these years. Oh, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think that was a peak. I mean. Uh, because for several years after we had the college, things were just as busy, even busier. Um, you were the, still traveling? The whole momentum. Oh, I was traveling. I mean, I was traveling all the way through the 80s and 90s. Um, and, uh, you know, almost for 25 years continuously, I was on the road. Uh, and so I was coming back, teaching in the college, going out and and taking revival wherever. Uh, God was was leading me. So it was a very, very busy and intensive time. And in the middle of all that, I was writing at least one book a year. And, uh, you know, people said to me, how did you find time to to write books? And I would say, I don't know. I really don't know. It's just that you have to squeeze that in between everything else. But I think most people would say their observation of the church in the UK was that things started to cool down a little bit um, after that time. Perhaps the nation's were, were keen to hear what you had to say, but maybe in the UK the church got a little they, bit complacent. Called call down in the 90s, and I'll tell you why. People, uh, and some of us resisted this as much as we could, but people went back into their denominational ghettos. You know, one of the great things of the move of the Spirit was it took people outside of their normal denominational parameters. And in the early years of that move of the Spirit, nobody would have cared what church people belonged to. But then people wanted Anglican renewal and Methodist renewal and Baptist renewal and Catholic renewal and and so on. How did and you feel about that? I, desperate. I can remember David Watson and I did our utmost. There was a sort of a national leaders group of about 20 of us that met regularly representing all these different churches and um, the house churches too. And we we really did everything we could to David Watson and I to say, look, this is not this is not what the Spirit of God has been doing. But um, after about 15, 18 months, we were overruled. I mean, we were outnumbered. And everybody said, well, we're going to go this way because we want to reach our denominations. And, and you know, to me, I said, that's not the way to do it. God's already reaching the denominations. But what he is doing is making them not so in love with their denominationalism. And I say, if you go back into your denominational ghettos, people will again become very denominational. And sadly, that is what's happened. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 